This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host today, Eric. Today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Scott and Mason versus Benchwarmer Josh and newcomer Mike. Mike and Josh, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, no, no real complaints here. But Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, we'll let them know our team name. Sure. Uh, like I said, my name is Mike. I'm from Canawissa, Pennsylvania. Um, all things Pittsburgh for this guy. Uh, currently um, at the beach of Delaware, though, uh, chilling in my car. Sounds good, dude. All right. All right. And uh, for today's game, Eric, we will be known as Twin Penguins since I am a Minnesota fan. He's a Pittsburgh fan. So Sounds good. All right. I don't know what the Minnesota Penguins, what is that? The twin penguins, the twins oh. and the penguins, twin penguins. Hold on, let me. Yeah, I get it now. Plus, we're you know two bigger guys, so it kind of works. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, Scott Mason, how are you guys doing today? And let me know what your team name is. I'm doing all right. Just chilling out at my sister's house because I didn't have any internet. So last time I recorded here, I lost. So hopefully, we can change that this time. So it looks like you're at Globo Gym right now. So that's maybe that'll help you out a little bit. Maybe so. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to do another game. Mike, thanks for coming on. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Nothing's new with me, really. Um, our team name, Mason, you guys can't see this if you're listening, but Mason is like literally in a gym, and I'm wearing a Raptors hat, so our team name is going to be Gym Rats and Raptors Hats. I hate you. I'm going to have to say that 100 times, though. Thank you. Welcome to the bench, gentlemen. Now on to the rules. We'll be starting off at the tailgate. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of the quarters, one through three, will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter. These questions will be all entertainment and sports. In the fourth quarter, our teams will wager their points accumulated to see who's today's clipboard captains, to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this underway. Time for the tailgate. These are going to be three fairly easy questions um, worth 10 points apiece. Question one, four teams have never played in the Super Bowl. And honestly, the way things are going, they're not going to be getting there anytime soon. Name these four teams. We'll go ahead and check in. Yeah, we can check in. All right, Jim Rats are checked in. All right, so Mike, you and I can talk it out now. No, no, no the two that you sent me, they, uh, that's good. Yep, so we got the Jags and the Lions. Right. Trying to think of uh what about the Texans? They they haven't been this no, they yet. Haven't, they? they have not. They have not been there yet. So we have Jags, Lions, and Texans. And um have the Browns been in a Super Bowl? I know they won championships before the Super Bowl era, but the only time that I could think of they would have been was the Bernie Kozar era. But I can't remember. Somebody got slaughtered from Ohio to the 49ers. Was it the Browns or was it the Bengals? It's the Bengals. Yeah, that could be. It could be Cleveland. Because I can't think of I can't think of them being in a Super Bowl. But we can go with that one if you want. So Jags, Lions, Texans, and Browns. Yeah, we'll check in with that. All right. Okay, Jim Rats, what are you guys checking in with? 
Yeah, we came up with the first three quickly. I was trying to go th- I was going through all the teams in my head trying to figure out what the fourth one was and Scott came up with it. We went with the Browns, Lions, Texans, and Jaguars. Both teams checked in with the Browns, Lions, Texans, and Jaguars, and both teams getting points on this. Correct answer is the Lions, the Browns, the Texans, and the Jaguars, and they are not anywhere close to going to Super Bowl anytime soon. So um, Texans, you would think maybe, but with the way Bill O'Brien's been doing things over there, it seems like they're going backwards now. Question two, the Red Sox, Cubs, and White Sox all ended their droughts. What team is currently on top with the longest drought since their last World Series win? Yeah, I think we got it. All right, we'll, yep, we'll check in. All right, Twin Penguins are checked in. All right, Mason, so Indians popped in my head because I know they haven't won it in, it's been at least like 60 years. It was like that big deal when they were playing the Cubs and, you know, which one of them was going to kind of break, break their curse and break their streak. I know it's been a long time for them. They came really close in 97. Um, but then I'm thinking other teams that haven't won, like the Mariners, but I'm trying to remember when they came into the league. They were, I believe, they around like the, the 60s, right? Yeah, like the late 60s. The Pilots were one year, I think it was 69 maybe were the Pilots. That's, that's what I think too. So that would put the Indians at a longer drought. Yeah. Theirs was before the 60s for sure. Right. That was, I mean, that was the first thing that came to my head. I'm trying to think of other teams that haven't been there. but I well, so, Yeah, some of the teams that haven't won haven't been around long enough, right? Like the Padres, that's not going to be longer than the Indians drought because they weren't around in the 50s. Right. You know, same, obviously same goes with like the Rockies. Obviously we can eliminate the Rockies, Rays. Those are nineties expansion teams. The other one that comes to mind maybe is the Brewers. Ooh, I'm trying to think when they would have made one. I don't think that don't have one. So it's really a matter of when did they come into the league? And if it's that iteration, you know what I mean? Cause like the Milwaukee Braves. Well, that, I think that would be a different team because they, right, that's the Braves. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, when that incarnation started, I don't, I have no idea as far as that. I'm pretty sure that was after the Indians last won a World Series, though. Yeah, I don't seem to remember them being around at that time. Like when I think of you know 50s baseball, I just don't, I don't think of them being around at that point. So I'm I'm inclined to go with what you're thinking, just because that feels right. And I do vaguely remember hearing about them trying to break a drought. I just didn't remember how long it was when they were talking about it. But okay, yeah, let's do it then. We're gonna check in with the Cleveland Indians. All right, Jim Ratzer checked in with the Cleveland Indians. Twin Penguins, what'd you get? Yeah, we uh, we clued in pretty quickly. We both uh, sent the Indians to each other, so we're going with also the Cleveland Indians. All right, both teams checking in with the Cleveland Indians, and the correct answer is the Cleveland Indians. 71 seasons since their last World Series championship. Um, other teams like the Texans, Mariners, um, that haven't won, just haven't been around over 70 years, so that's why they didn't make it. Question three, terrible teams make the playoffs in the NBA all the time. Teams with around a 500 win percentage make the playoffs on a regular basis. What team has not even been able to manage that and currently has the longest playoff drought in the NBA? I honestly, like, I don't start paying attention to the NBA playoffs until like the second or third round because the first round is usually just a massacre. We're going to check in. All right, Twin Penguins checked in. Jim Rats, talk it out. Okay, so we got a couple teams here that we've been looking at. I don't recall the Suns making it recently, like you said. I don't think they've made it since Amari Stoudemire left, honestly. Like, I know they haven't made it at all with Devin Booker. He has not played a single playoff game. I know that. I don't think they snuck in before that. Like, No, but but have the Kings? I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe with Boogie, they might have one year where he might have slipped in as an eight seed or something, but they were never great with him. Yeah, that's like – those are the two teams, that, you know, that I think – yeah, because other ones we 
kind of remembered at least a time where we think we they made the playoffs. Yeah, the Hornets definitely snuck in like when they weren't supposed to a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, and I thought the Knicks did somewhere in the early 2010s. I think possibly pre Linsanity, they might have made one. I think. Yeah, no, I think they definitely played in the playoffs with Carmelo at least a couple of times. They didn't go very far, but they right. Made. So, uh, what about? I'm trying to think the last time they made it in. Sorry, Josh. What about the T Wolves? They've been really bad for a while. They haven't made it anytime soon that I remember. I can't even pinpoint a year when they – I know for sure that they made it. I, I think they probably would have made it sooner than the Suns, though. I'm still, like, leaning towards the Suns. Yeah, I'm – They've had, like, 12 coaches since Dan Tony left. Like, they haven't had anyone outside of Devin Booker the last five or six years. I'm just – yeah, I, I feel like it's more likely the Kings would have made it somewhere before that with Boogie, and they had Isaiah Thomas for a little bit. Maybe they knock in with one of those teams, but yeah, I think, I think it's more likely the Suns. And so yeah, I'm good with just, that. All right. We're, we're going to check in with the Phoenix Suns. All right, Jim Reds are checked in with the Phoenix Suns. Twin Penguins, what's your answer? We went with the New York Knicks. Unfortunately, nobody's getting any points on this one. Uh, the correct answer is the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, their last playoff appearance was in 2006, losing in the first round to the Spurs. You, know, you might remember uh, Mr. Mike Bibby, Corliss Williamson, Vitaly Potapenko. I don't know if that rings a bell for anybody. I mean, I know who he is. I didn't. Yeah, Suns were second on the list with uh, 10 seasons, so their last appearance was in the Western Finals in 2010. I thought about them, but kind of quickly moved on from there. And uh, Scott, just to let you know, the Timberwolves uh, made it just a couple of seasons ago when Jimmy Butler was on the team. They lost in the first round to the Rockets. Before that, they would have had the longest streak. At the end of the, the tailgate, we have a tie game with 20 points. Bringing us to the first quarter. Today's first quarter, of course, is going to be, if you listen to any of the games that I do, Dean's List. For this quarter, there will be three lists containing 10 items, where teams will go back and forth guessing the items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly at any point in the list, the other team will attempt to finish the list out. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess. Each item is worth 10 points. So Dean's list number one, top 10 receptions during the 2019 NFL season at the tight end position. Twin Penguins going first. So uh, we're going to go with Travis Kelsey. Twin Penguins going with Travis Kelsey. He is number one on the list with 97 receptions. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Let's just uh, get the easy one out the way. We'll go with George Kittle. George Kittle, number four on the list with 85 receptions. We are going to check in with uh, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, not on the list. Would you guys like to use your mulligan? Well, we can hold on and you know let them kind of accumulate a few more, and hopefully there's a better category that we save our mulligan for. All right, let's, let's do it. All right, we're uh, we're not going to use our mulligan, and hopefully these guys don't uh, run up the score here. All right, Jim Raps, Jim Rats, and Raptor Hats. Thanks for that. Try to finish out the list. So the next one, uh, I think we both feel good on this. We're going to go with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is number three on the list with 88 receptions. Yeah, Mason, let's go. Let's go, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper, number five on the list, seventy-five receptions. I really like uh, the one that you said. Well, which one? Because I sent a lot of them over. That's why I'm trying. The, the, the one from Oakland. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he broke out this year, um, so he, I'm pretty sure he's up there. It's going to be uh, Darren Waller. 
Darren Waller won me three fantasy football championships this year, is number two on the list with 90 receptions. Next one I feel good about is uh, Mark Andrews. You go with that, Mason? Yeah, he should be up there. Yep, we're going to go with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, number seven with 64 receptions. Those were the ones that we felt for sure. Much, yeah, for sure about. Now, this is something I remembered because I was looking at fantasy football stuff from last year. And I remember that because the Eagles were so bad, their tight ends were catching a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking their backup, Dallas Goddard, had a lot of them, and it might be enough to get top 10 because they had no I, one. I think so too. I just want to try to let's go through some more teams first and see if okay. we can think of like definite ones because I think Jared Cook is a decent guess as well. Yeah. I just. I'm trying to think because I mean Michael Thomas dominated the receptions. I just I know. don't know how many catches he had. He had a lot of, he had quite a few touchdowns from what I remember. But I just don't know if he was catching a lot of passes. Higby came to mind when you said that that click because he broke out last year. Yeah, I still think Kyle Rudolph might might sneak into the top ten. I know he didn't have the year that he normally does. I just remember Irv Smith kind of taking over some roles for the Vikings last year. I just don't know if he took away. Some- how healthy was Hunter Henry this past season? I don't really remember. He was he was hurt going into it, but I think he played after a few weeks and he dominated because I had him on one of my fantasy teams and he did really well. I think he could have snuck into the top 10. I think sure. it could be a choice. I'm just trying to go through divisions and go through all the teams. Vance McDonald from Pittsburgh. Mm. He could be on the borderline maybe. But their quarterbacks were so bad. I don't know how many passes. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Duck Hodges. Well, then we got the AFC South. The Texans had a nice season from Darren Fells, but I don't know if he mm. top 10. Uh, what about uh, Jonu Smith from the Titans did okay when Downey Walker got hurt, but I don't know if he'd be in the in the top 10. And then Jack Doyle, I don't – I don't think he had enough targets for that. I think of everyone we named, I probably feel best about Cook, Higby, or Goddard. What do you think out of those three? You know, that was, Cook was one of the first ones I sent – but now I'm starting to think about all the people catching passes because Kamara caught 81 passes like he always does every year. Right. Michael Thomas had 100 and I don't even remember, like 150 or maybe more than that. So I don't know how many left he would have got because they had other receivers too. I think if I had to rank them, I would go Goddard, Higby, Cook. But I, I honestly, all three of them might be on there. But I, I, I yeah. just remember Goddard. I, 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 think we should go with, I think we should go with Goddard for now. All right, we'll check in with uh, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, number nine on the list with 58. Now I feel – so now I'm thinking Higby, Cook, Rudolph are probably I feel the best about. And Witten is tempting just because he always catches a lot of passes. But, I mean, he's – Yeah, but so did, so did Gallup this year. They, he really you – know. Mari Cooper went off too. Like I said, of the names we've came up with, Higby seems the best just because I know that he did well last year. Um, because it was, uh, what's his name, Gerald Everett was supposed to be the guy, and then yeah. maybe took over. So that that's the name of the ones that we came up with I feel the best about. Okay, we'll do it. We'll check in with Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, number six on the list with 69 receptions. All right. Cook, <laughs> Rudolph. I have no idea between those. I just there, – there's arguments to be made for and against I, each of them, and so yeah. I'm just trying to see which one's – more likely. Rudolph always catches passes, but this year was a big drop-off for him. I, I just know. He snuck in at 10, maybe. So we're looking at probably around 50, right? Because Higby said that 69 catches and was number, number six. So we're looking like 50, 60, somewhere in that range. So we might, might want to think volume, even if, you know, like yeah. like Witten might still be there just for sheer volume of catches. 
thinking we mentioned Hunter Henry. He might be there too, just because of volume. Cause I mean, Rivers was throwing the ball. Okay. I feel good with that then. So maybe he snuck in at 10. So I, I you know, go with Hunter Henry. Yeah. All right. We'll check in with Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, number 10 on the list with 55 receptions. All right. So it's 55 is the threshold now. So we're looking at about 60. If we're looking at number eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't, Jared Cook had that many catches, man. I don't think so either. I'm thinking, like, I'm starting to think Darren Fells, maybe. He caught a lot in the Texans. All the receivers were hurt opposite of Hopkins. He caught a lot of passes. Jared Cook, I still like as a guess. I'm thinking. I mean, if you want to go Darren Fells, I'm fine with that. I really don't. Of the names we have, I don't really have any strong feelings about any of them. So if you if you think that he might have caught 60 passes, it's, I mean, it's possible. But I just, I'm not sure. I really don't know which one I feel better about. I guess I don't have a strong guess. So I guess just pick one of the ones we came up with and we'll just... I kind of feel okay about Vance McDonald. Okay. It's a possibility. They might have been... Yeah. Hodges and Mason Rudolph might have been checking down. That's what I'm thinking, right? Cause Juju did not catch a lot this year, so... I'm good with that if you want to go with it. All right. We're going to check in with Vance McDonald. Okay. Checking in with Vance McDonald. Unfortunately, not on the list. Um, there is one guy left do you want to use your mulligan on that not at all all right so the only guy not named well he was named you guys said his name you just didn't want to apparently he wasn't good enough for you i don't know why because he's amazing not anymore because he's in las vegas last guy on the list is number eight jason witten with 63 receptions i think i've heard of half of those guys i didn't even know who mark andrews was who baltimore tight end he broke out Lamar Jackson's favorite re- receiver in general because Hollywood Brown was okay. He only throws like five-yard passes, so. All right. Bringing us to list number two. What I need is the last 10 different players to win the AL batting crown. All right. So there are some players on this list who have won it multiple times. They will only count as one answer. So Jim Rats and Raptor Hats, you guys are starting this list off. We're going to check in with Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera is on the list. He has won it in 2015, 2013, 2012, and 2011, all with the Tigers. Twin Penguins, you're up. Josh, we in trouble. Yeah, I haven't. Like, I love baseball, but the, you know, I'm a Pirates fan, so we haven't been relevant in forever. Um, so I haven't really watched too much. I mean, they took the one that I was certain was on the list. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he won the Triple Crown. We're, we're going back to, you know, around the time that Joe Maurer was hitting oh, the ball yeah. like crazy. But I don't know if he ever won a batting championship. And, of course, now I'm throwing names out there. But I know. know. That's a good one, though. That's a really good one. I just don't know if he ever led the league. I don't know either, but. He was one of my favorite. I have a I have a Joe Mauer jersey, so I'm kind of like wanting to go here. <laughs> I, I, let's roll with Joe Mauer. All right, we're gonna check in with Joe Mauer. Checking in with Joe Mauer, who is on the list: 2009, 2008, and in 2006. Oh, I didn't realize he led. The wow! Three. All right. <laughs> the only the only two I knew for sure were Miguel Cabrera and Joe Mauer. So yeah, we're gonna be pulling names. Yeah, we'll go ahead and check in with uh, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve on the list. Um, I'll, I'll put an asterisk by his name. Um, he won it in 2017, 2016, and also in 2014. So all of I these think- have had multiple 
yeah like two or three seasons this is gonna keep creeping back farther so i i like our name more and more now all right go ahead and check it in all right we're gonna check in with uh ichiro suzuki ichiro is on the list Hey-ho. he won it in 2004 i believe he also won it again but not in the last 10 i did not expect this to go back that far surprised by that too for Eric, we're going to go with Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson won it last year. He is on the list. Let's uh, check in with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, 2018 with the Boston Red Sox. I said we just do it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it fits the time period. I just – he could have done it. Um, we're going to go ahead and check in with uh, Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton is correct. 2010. Yeah, my well is uh, running a little dry. Yeah, I have, I can't, I have nothing I, other than that one. But I, 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 that's really grasping at straws. I mean, I know he had a couple of seasons where he was going crazy, but I just don't know how far back or if he was ever at the top. I, I got nothing better. If you want to roll with it. All right, uh, we'll check in with Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is not on the list. Did he ever win one? I don't believe so. Do you guys want to use your mulligan? At this point, there's been seven, right? We're down to the last three here. Yeah, we're not going to use it for that. All right, Jim Rats. Names we have on our list here, like Brian Roberts from Baltimore was a guy that would consistently hit 320, 330. I don't know if he actually won a batting title, though. Yeah, the name seems familiar. I don't know too much about him specifically, but... What years do we have left, Mason? Oh three, oh five, oh seven. Based on what we have, oh five and oh seven for sure. And there's one more name, so it would have to be the oh three. Right. Could Dustin Pedroia have won it in two thousand and seven? Time frame makes sense. I I don't know if he batted that high enough to. I mean, it's possible. I would be fine going with that. Or um, Jacoby Ellsbury, same time frame, right? Yeah, that would be about the same time. I don't have any strong inkling about any name. Wasn't another Tiger outside of Cabrera, I don't believe. I guess uh, if I really had to pick, Pedroia is the one I'd pick just because I don't really exactly know much about Brian Roberts, and Ellsbury seems least likely, but... Okay, going to go with Dustin Pedroia. Okay, checking with Dustin Pedroia, who is not on the list, um, and you guys are not using your mulligan, so here is the remainder of the list. In 2007, we have Maglio Ordonez. 2005, you had Michael Young. And in 2003, Bill Miller. I should have got Michael Young for sure, Mason. That's my bad. Eric, that's Tiger's Magalordonias, right? Yeah, I know. So there was another Tiger. Okay, that brings us to the third and final Dean's list. I need the top 10 NHL goalies with the most wins, starting with the Twin Penguins. We're, We're talking career, right? Yep, all time. So we'll uh, we'll check in with Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur, number one on the list with six hundred and ninety nine or six hundred ninety one wins. I actually know some goalies, Eric. That's like the one position that I know. Uh, I think this guy should be on the list. I know he was around for a while and he was pretty prolific. We're gonna go with uh, Dominic Hasek. Unfortunately, Dominic Hasek is not on the list. Well, we're going to use Mulligan. Mulligan there. Go ahead. All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, check in with Henrik Lundqvist. 
I don't know the pronunciation, but I know it's spelled. So, Henrik Lundqvist, number six on the list with 459 wins. Okay. Well, then we'll check in with Patrick Waugh. The greatest goalie of all time, Patrick Waugh, is number two on the list with 551 wins. He was replaced, apparently, by uh, Jimmy Howard, is something that we learned previously from Eric, but we're going to check in with Curtis Joseph. Curtis Joseph is number seven on the list with 445 or 454 wins. You know, I, I loved hockey back in the 90s. I was a I, it was my favorite sport, actually, and that's why I could think of some of these goalies. But once you get further back than that, it's like, oh, boy. So we're going to check in with Mike Richter. Mike Richter, unfortunately, is not on the list. Ah, sorry, buddy. No, that's all right. With our mulligan, we are going to uh, check in with Mark andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury, number five on the list with 466 wins. I was trying to pull that name. I could not. Mike, being from Pittsburgh, that should have been up there on your... Uh... Well, that's why, but I was afraid. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> There's another Pittsburgh goalie I was thinking about. I was like, I don't know if that other, because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I not want to be wrong. I got nothing, Mason. I only know I can only think of two other goalies' names, and I'm like positive neither one of them are on this list. So, I'm probably gonna recognize. We're probably gonna recognize a couple of the names. Just oh yeah, no, definitely. I just can't. I can't even think of anybody that would make it up there. Whichever, whatever name you want to come up with. All right, whatever. We're gonna check in with Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, not on the list. I didn't think he could be mathematically, but yeah. So I was trying to rack my brain in the same kind of time frame where like paying some attention while like the nineties were happening. So I was trying to think of goalies from that era. That's where I came up with bell for you think. I like that name. That's a, that's a good name. I think he's just once again, another one that like played a long time and he did play a long time. Go ahead and check that in for us. You guys checking in with Eddie Belfour. Eddie Belfour. Yep. Eddie Belfour, number four on the list with 484 wins. How long do you think Tuka Rask has been in the uh, league? I don't know. Part of me would think not long enough to rack up yeah, enough. Yeah, I don't think so wins. either. Like the other one the- that I like was Felix the Cat, Felix Potvan. And I know Tom Barrasso, with the, he had a lot of wins too in his Penguin days, but I don't know. I mean, he could be down the lower end of that list, but let's. Ch- I think we should check in with uh, Felix Potvan. Okay. All right, checking in with Felix Poffin, who is not on the list. Mm. So, the remainder of the list, we have number three, Roberto Luongo. I had that name, and I was like, oh, he's not a goalie. Um, you have number eight, which is Terry Sawchuk, who played in, like, the 40s, 50s, you know, back before there was ice. Then you had Jocks Plant at uh, number nine. He was the first goalie to ever wear a mask. Ten was Tony Esposito. Mason, I, I should have got Luongo there. I uh, talked myself out of him being a goalie. So, Eric, you probably could answer the question that uh, Mike was asking about Tuka Rask, how long he's been in the league. He's not. He's He's been in the league, but he's he shared time with Tim Thomas a lot in the beginning. Mm, um, that's true. Like when they won their first, like most recent of their group of cups. But and then he took over. So, I mean, I I don't think he's in the 300-win club yet. 
All right. After the first quarter, we have a score of Twin Penguins with 100, Jim Rats and Raptor Hats at 160. Bringing us to today's second quarter, which is going to be Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in via Zoom chat with a correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points and lock the other team out of the theme points. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with a correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one. It's officially time for a question about a punter. Born in Kamloops, British Columbia, he punted in the NFL for 14 seasons. Perhaps his best seasons came as a member of the Minnesota Vikings in the late 1990s. He was most noted for his booming kickoffs, which would often sail into the end zone for touchbacks. Afterwards, he would take a bite of a Snickers bar that he would keep in his spare shoe on the sideline. We can check in. All right, Twin Penguins are checked in. I, I don't know, Mason. 90s, 90s punters, not my area. I literally, named, I literally named the only Vikings punter I can come up with. And I know it's not the right time frame, but he's a Vikings punter. I know the kicker, you know, Gary Anderson, right? But I don't know who was punting for them. And I've never heard the Snickers story either. Like, I feel like I would have heard about that. I, I just That does not ring a bell to me. I mean. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Do you want to just go with Chris Cluey, even though we know it's not right? That way we're at least naming a Vikings punter. Yeah, we don't, we don't look completely ridiculous here. We'll check in with Chris Cluey. All right, Jim Rats checked in with Chris Cluey. Twin Penguins, what's your answer? Uh, we are checking in with the snicker kicker himself, Mitch Berger. All right, one team getting points. The correct answer is Mitch Berger. Question two. This Hall of Fame NHL defenseman has won the Norris Trophy three times in 84-85, 85-86, and in the 94-95 season. Finished his career with 1,409 games played and 1,531 points while playing for nine different teams. So much for this lead we had, Mason. Scott, you good with that? I'm that's better than anything we got. Sure. Yeah, we'll go ahead and check in. Yeah. All right, Jim Rats are checked in. I don't know, Josh. I don't know if I want to come up with his name. I, I know that's who it is. It's got to be who it is. And I just, oh, man, I cannot... He said he played for Edmonton and then the Pens, and then after the Pens, he just went bouncing around to other teams. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and he was like he was like, like a stud for the for both teams. I know that, and I, I remember him being on the Pens. I mean, we could name Rod Rindemore just to have a name, but that's not it. I'm just not going to come up with it. I just I can't. Oh, I'm looking, and if it's if I'm right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad. Cause I, I know because he played with Lemieux and Yager, Jordan Stahl, maybe not Stahl, and uh, Latang I think was, was one of the defensemen, and Primo. Uh, I'm just not going to get there. Now, do you know if any of those guys that you just rattled no. off are in the Hall of Fame? Heck no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Or Scott Stevens, but was he a defenseman? I don't know. If you just want to pick one of those names to throw out there, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not going to – I am zero help on this question for I, you. <laughs> well, we can, let's check in with Rod Brindamore just because I can't come up with anything else. All right. Sounds good. All right. Twin Penguins checked in with Rod Brindamore. 
Uh, Rod Brindamore is becoming a very common wrong answer on this podcast, it sounds like. But you know what? At least you guys named an actual hockey player. We just decided to go with a last name because we have no clue. Then we decided, do we want to do American, Canadian, or Russian? We sat on Canadian. One of my favorite Canadians is Avril Levine. So we went with the last name of Levine. All right, big shocker. No one getting points on this one. The correct answer is Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey. Mm-hmm. That was the name I'm trying to club with. Penguin boy not getting the, the Paul Coffey question. Ah, uh, so bummed. I knew it. I, it was funny because I was thinking, I, I, I was kind of like, Paul, no, that's not right. That's not it. Paul Coffey played for a pretty large list of teams. Um, Penguins, Red Wings, Oilers, Hartford Whalers. Uh, I want to say the Bruins. Um, he's, he's got a pretty long list of teams. After two questions, theme-linked answers thus far are Mitch Berger and Paul Coffey. Question three. On August 5th, 2007, this outfielder was almost run over by the Seattle Mariners mascot, the Mariner Moose. The Moose, driving a lap around Safeco Field's warning track on an ATV, nearly collided with him as he was leaving the dugout. He started center field for the Red Sox throughout the 2007 season. He was benched mid-series during the ALCS for rookie Jacoby Ellsbury. He remained on the bench for the 2007 World Series. We're going to go ahead and check in. Jim Rats are checked in. Red Sox center fielder from 07. All right. Where did Brian Roberts play? Was it Brian Roberts? The guy that stole second and changed the whole series? Steve Roberts. Ah. I mean, who are some? Who are the? I'm trying to think of the outfielders on that team. I mean, was Ramirez was Manny Ramirez still on the team? But he wouldn't have been a center fielder. No, pretty sure Mike Greenwell retired by then. I don't know. I don't know, Josh. Was Johnny Damon still on the Red Sox in 07? He was a center fielder, wasn't he? I don't remember. Ooh, could it be Damon? I like that name a lot, actually. I mean, I'm just trying to actually come up with an that's, actual that's answer that good, could. That's possibly a really be. good answer. And then after that was was that after that then he went to the Yankees. Maybe, yeah. I mean, because Ellsbury took over. I'd be I, I'd be fine with Johnny I, I'm Damon. I'm Johnny Damon. I'm really good with that one. All right, well we'll check in with Johnny Damon. Okay, Twin Penguins checked checked in with Johnny Damon and Jim Rats and Raptor Hats. What's your answer? Um, I actually now that I was thinking about, it, kind of vaguely remember seeing this the video for it, like kind of vaguely. Um. We went with uh, Coco Crisp. One team getting points here. The correct answer is Coco Crisp. Fun fact, that uh, happened on my 18th birthday. So I did not know it because I definitely was not watching baseball on my 18th birthday. After question three, the theme link answers. Mitch Berger, Paul Coffey, and Coco Crisp. Question four. This soccer player appeared in 95 games for the North Carolina Tar Heels, scoring 103 goals, went on to play for the Washington Freedom, scoring 25 goals in 49 games, probably best known for international play, appearing in 276 games and scoring 158 goals for Team USA. We can check in. Jim Rats are checked in. Would that be one of the, one of the girls? One of the girls team? I don't know. I really have no idea. I'm just throwing ideas out there because I. Like oh, I said, you know what? You know what? If, if if what we're thinking for theme, then we should go with Mia Ham. Ah. Yeah. Right on. Good. All right, we're gonna check in with Mia Ham. 
All right, Twin Penguins checked in with Mia Ham and Jim Rats and Raptor Hats. What is your answer? We figured out the theme, obviously, before this question. So, sorry, guys. Uh, but we also checked in with Mia Ham. And the correct answer is Mia Ham. Points all around. Question five. This tight end, known mostly for his career in Green Bay, was a first-team All-American in 1999 and a two-time first-team All-Big East in 1998 and 1999. His nine-year pro career wasn't exactly what you would expect for a first-round pick, never having over 500 yards receiving in a single season. Yeah, we're going to check in. Jim Ratzer checked in. I mean, Mike, doesn't that have to be Bubba Franks? Yeah, it has to be. All right, we're going to check in with Bubba Franks. Twin Penguins are checked in with Bubba Franks. And Jim Rats and Raptor Hats hit me with it. Well, having studied the 2000 NFL draft recently, uh, I know that he was a first-round pick in that draft, and that is Bubba Franks. Correct answer is Bubba Franks. I'm upset that Matt's not here for this question, but I'm pretty sure he has mentioned repeatedly that it is his favorite player. Not sure why he's not any good. The theme for that round was guessed after the third question by both teams. However, Jim Rats and Raptor Hats submitted their guess first. And what did you guys have for the theme? Um, so we went with food items. That answer is correct. I'm sure it was pretty obvious after, like, what, the third question there. Twin Penguins did also submit the right answer, just a moment too late. Okay, heading into halftime. We have Twin Penguins with a score of 160 and Jim Rats and Raptor Hats with a score of 320. Plenty of game left, guys. It's now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, each question worth 20 points. Question one. I'm going to give you the names of five movies, all sharing an actor in common. So this actor appeared in each movie, not necessarily in their lead role. I'm going to need you to name the actor. So the movies are Playing for Keeps, Everybody's All-American, Tough Enough, Our Winning Season, and Any Given Sunday. I guess we'll check in. Twin Penguins checked in. Jim Rats, let's hear it. Not going to hear much. Yeah, Mason, I, I mean, I've heard of Everybody's All-American, I don't know anything about it, though. You know, we both said that any given Sunday is the only one of real relevance to either of us. But, I mean, it's been such a long time since I've even seen that movie. I can't remember many people from it, so. Right, same here. And the ones that I can, I know weren't in the rest of those movies. I don't know. Tough Enough is, like, vaguely in my memory. I just don't remember anything about it. Sure, it's probably, like, a fighting or boxing or wrestling type movie, maybe. Or I'm trying to figure out what these movies are about, and maybe... I'm guessing everybody's all Americans, probably football. Yeah, that would make sense. Playing, Playing for keeps should be soccer. It's a keeper. And our winning season doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah, no. And it's not going to lead me to any sort of actor. I, I don't have an answer. I mean, we can just go with someone from any given Sunday and at least. I just don't, I, I don't even know anyone in it. That It's not Al Pacino. It's not Cameron Diaz. I, I, I don't know. Paul Newman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. We'll check in with Paul Newman. All right, Jim Ratzer checked in with Paul Newman and, and Twin Penguins. What do you have? Well, it certainly didn't help, and you guys are going to get on my case in a moment. Um, but uh, Mike had only seen Any Given Sunday, 
And I told him, I've never heard of four of those movies (laughs) and I've never seen any given Sunday. However, when I gave it some more thought, I thought maybe that Tough Enough might have been that movie not that long ago about two aged boxers. Um, So we went with Al Pacino. All right. Unfortunately, no points for this question. The correct answer is Dennis Quaid. He was crowned Mr. Sports Movie by Yahoo.com, appearing in eight different roles. Um, his other movies include, I probably, if I would have gave you these, maybe would have helped, The Rookie, Soul Surfer, and The Express. Question two. George Steinbrenner has made many appearances on TV and even hosted SNL in 1990. However, he has only appeared in one movie. What movie released in 1994 about a pitching prospect discovered in Mexico did Steinbrenner appear in? If I mentioned before that I don't really watch sports movies, really good for this podcast. <laughs> we'll go ahead and check in. Jim Rasser checked in. Sadly, we need these points, but... I know, and I feel like I can come up with it. Oh, the the Phenom? Uh, the Phenom, the... the I think it's, like I said, I think it's a Robert Redford movie. He goes down and gets the pitcher. I think it's a pitcher. And it's like, uh, not the Phenom, but like... Uh, uh, what's it called when you're like a star recruit? Pro- the Prospect, maybe? I don't know. Let's check in with that. All right, we'll check in with The Prospect. All right, Twin Penguins checked in with The Prospect, and Jim Rats, what did you got? Well, there is a movie called Major League, so maybe there is a movie called Minor League, so that's what we checked in So no teams getting points again. Um, the correct answer is The Scout. It starred Albert Brooks and Brandon Frazier. Frazier played a prospect called Steve Nebraska, who made his pitching debut in the first game of the World Series, throwing 81 pitches on his way to a perfect game, striking out 27 players. It is a bad movie. I'm not going to say it's a good movie. Like, the movie's okay probably until you're about halfway through, and then it just, like, it's almost like they wrote the movie and then ran out of ideas, but they still had to finish the movie. Um, and the ending of it is just bad. So he like strikes out every player with three straight pitches. This will not be a movie that I will watch. Question three. I'm going to read you some lyrics. I want you to name the song or the artist. So here are the lyrics. Your sports team is vastly inferior. The simple fact is plain and obvious to see. We're going to kick your collective posterior of course, you realize we're speaking figuratively. We can check in. Twin Penguins are checked in. I am fairly confident in this because I started listening to him when I was really young, and it's kind of a nerdy thing to do because I was a nerd when I was a kid. Still am. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is uh, the generically named sports song by Weird Al. So we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Weird Al and check in with that. Jim Rats are checked in with Weird L. Twin Penguins, what do you got? I am more confident than Mason. I am 100% confident. Uh, I saw him perform this at the Minnesota State Fair last summer, and that is the one, the only, Weird Al Yankovic. And it is the generic named sports song. All right, both teams getting points. The one, I, the one question I thought maybe nobody would get, um, you both got it fairly quickly. Um, thing about me is i am a huge huge weird l fan like 
it's my wife gives me crap for it. I brainwashed my stepson. Um, my two-year-old, when he was in in the crib still, would be crying. If we played biggest ball of twine in Minnesota for him, he would stop crying immediately. Correct answer is Sports Song by Weird Al. I've, uh, I've seen him in concert uh, upwards of 10 times, probably. Same here. So we're going to go to question four. In Space Jam, aliens steal the powers of five NBA players and transform into the monsters. Charles Barkley and Patrick Hewitt are two of the NBA players who lose their talents. Name two of the other three players that were also drained of their abilities. We can uh, check in. All right, Jim Rats are checked in. So we are going to check in with Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley. All right, Twin Penguins are checked in with Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley. Jim Rats, what's your answer? Yep, I knew this run, this one right away. Um, I believe the three were Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley, and Grandmama, but we uh, checked in with Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley. All right, the correct answers are Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley, and Grandmama Larry Johnson. All right, I won't give out any more details about the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Mason, I guess I can add Josh to that list too. Josh, have you seen that? Yes, I've seen Space okay. Jam. Yeah, don't act like we're crazy for asking. I have to. All right, question five. On the show Seinfeld, George Costanza worked for the New York Yankees for a few years. The episode titled Pledge Drive, George is asked to bring a New York Yankee to a PBS pledge drive. What Yankee did George get? I guess we're going to check in. All right, Twin Penguins are checked in. Jim Rats, talk it out. Just wasn't a show I got into. That was a little young when it came out. And as an adult, like I've gone back and watched other 90s shows, but Steinfeld just isn't one that I've like really gotten into yet. Uh, so there's like one of two ways you can go, Mason, right? It's either they actually got someone from the Yankees around that time period, which was probably like an early to mid 90s Yankee, or because it's George Costanza and it's a comedy show. And I know he's, you know, the type of character he is, he could have gotten someone that wasn't even a Yankee or someone that was retired. You know, because I mean, it's a, it's a funny sitcom, right? So I feel like maybe a straight up answer doesn't fit the show. I, I could I could see it definitely being someone older that they pull out. You're like, oh, it's a PBS Plus try. Let's pull out, uh, you know, right. Yogi Berra. I don't know, man. Either we don't know or it's going to be like an older person, maybe. Because, uh, I mean, if it's one of the big names, you maybe it'd be too obvious. Like That's oh, what I thought, too. It would be notable, like, if... Don Mattingly went on there. You feel like you would be hearing about that. It's probably some like backup player or like a starter. Nobody really thinks about. Yeah, that's why I was thinking it's like Phil Rizzuto or Yogi Berra, like an older guy. I mean, if we really would just want to go for the comedic angle. Yogi Berra just fits. Okay. Yeah, good let's do it. All right. We'll check in with Yogi Berra. All right. They're checked in with Yogi Berra. Twin Penguins. What's your answer? Somebody told me he hasn't really watched Seinfeld so he didn't really have a clue so I had a couple of names that popped to mind that you know we're talking 90s Yankees I thought maybe Bernie Williams or Paul O'Neill and just to I guess keep it a little generic I don't know if there were other Williams who maybe were playing for the Yankees so we're gonna check in with Williams all right checking in with Williams and no points for this question the correct answer was Danny Tartable. Sadly, they missed the pledge drive. On the way, George thought someone flipped him off, um, so he pursued the driver um, with Danny Tartable in the car, uh, missing the pledge drive. Heading into the second half, we have a score 
of Twin Penguins with 200 and Gym Rats and Raptor Hats with 360. We'd now like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BenchWarmersTP. We also have a new Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. And if you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter is going to be let it ride or throw in the towel. For this quarter, there will be five questions in a given category that increase in difficulty. After each question, teams can decide to let it ride and attempt to answer the next question or throw in the towel and take the points they've occurred to that point. Each question is worth 50 points. If a team answers incorrectly, they will lose half of the points they've occurred in the quarter. So with a special twist today, let it ride and throw in the towel is going to be pre and post game. So pre and post game, how it works is if I asked you a question is what all-time leader in receptions of the Indianapolis Colts was the Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. So question one. Known for the phrase, just win, baby, and winning the 1997 PGA Championship. I think we can check it in. Okay. Yeah, we'll go ahead and check in. All right. Gym rats are checked in. Well, I wouldn't have gotten this without Mike's help, that's for sure, because I didn't have either of them to start with. But uh, he chimed in asking who the owner of the Raiders was, which then I went to Al Davis and Davis Love the Third, I'm guessing, is the one who won the 1997 PGA Championship. So we're going to check in with Al Davis Love the Third. All right. And Jim Rats, what's your answer? I didn't think along a similar line, luckily. I know a little bit of golf. I wasn't born in 97 or live then, but he's been around recently because he's always the, the captain of the, the Ryder Cup team, I believe. So we also went with uh, Al Davis Love. Okay, both teams getting points here. The correct answer is Al Davis Love the third. Davis Love the third was elected into the 2017 Golf Hall of Fame. Al Davis, principal owner of the Raiders until his death in 2011. His son Mark took over, and his son Mark needs to find a new barber. So the question is, are you going to let it ride or throw in the towel? Twin Penguins? We're going to let it ride. All right, and Jim Rats? Mason, I'm nervous. Eric, yeah. Eric's pre and post games are literally designed to stump me. So I'm, I'm nervous, but I, I mean, the penalty right now after the first question isn't as significant, you know, right. as going forward. So I think at least one more probably. Yeah. We will assess how bad the next one is and then we'll go from there. The first one wasn't too bad, but I mean, it could drop off pretty quickly. So we're going to let it ride. Yeah. All right. Question two. Third wide receiver taken in the 1988 NFL draft out of the University of Miami, who retired as the Dodgers play-by-play man in 2016. We'll go ahead and check in. Jim Ratzer checked in. I would say uh, Twin Penguins talk it out, but, you know, type some stuff. I, I might be able to talk this out with you. Oh, he's back. I'm trying to think of the Dodgers play-by-play guy. Yeah, that's where I got stumped, too, because I'm not sure – who in the world would be the Dodgers play-by-play guy? Is that the – he's uh, uh, Vin Scully, Michael Irvin Scully. Michael Irvin Scully, I think you've got it. 
So, uh, yeah, so we will check in with Michael Irvin Scully. Nice pull, Mike. Twin Penguins are checked in with Michael Irvin Scully. And Jim Rance, what do you got? Well, I knew right off the bat the uh, announcer was Vin Scully, and so I was thinking of wide receivers with Vin as the last name or part of the last name, and 88 seemed about the right time. So we also checked in with Michael Irvin Scully. All right, both teams getting points here. The correct answer is Michael Irvin Scully. So now the question is, are we going to let it ride or throw in the towel? Twin Penguins. Oh, I think we got to let it ride, Josh. I think you're right. I mean, we need as many points as we can get. So uh, we'll let it ride. All right, and Jim Rats and Raptor Hats. Guessing you want to let it ride, Mason? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling okay. The second one wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, so... I know. I don't want to overthink this because I like I desperately need a win and I want to keep the lead and play conservatively, but let's just do it. Let's let it ride. Yeah, let's do it. Both teams letting it ride. So that brings us to question three. Bengals running back drafted in the second round of the 2013 NFL draft who appeared on the cover of EA Sports Fight Night Round 2 in 2005. We're going to go ahead and check in. Jim Rats and Raptor Hats are checked in. You got you got any thoughts there, Mike? Well, I think I'm confusing my Ohio teams. I went I was thinking of um the the white running back, but I think he was in Cleveland, now that I think about it. Uh what isn't it Giovanni what was his name? Oh Bernard. Bernard Hopkins. Is he a boxer? That sounds like a boxer. It's, I mean it's the name that hops in my head with Bernard. Yeah, Bernard Hopkins. That, yeah, that's a boxer. Okay, well, should we check in with Giovanni Bernard Hopkins? I like it. All right, we're checking in. All right, they are checked in with Giovanni Bernard Hopkins. And Jim Rats, what do you got? We also checked in with Giovanni Bernard Hopkins. Both teams with points on that. The correct answer is Giovanni Bernard Hopkins. Uh, Bernard's still with the Bengals, playing behind Joe Mixon. Um, Bernard Hopkins had a professional record, or not record, but did record 55 wins, um, 32 of which by KO. So now the question is, guys, are we going to let it ride or throw in the towel? We'll go ahead and let it ride. And Twin Penguins? Let it ride. And away we go. Winner of the gold medal in the women's all-around at the 2012 Olympics who recorded a record of 25 and 25 as coach while at Syracuse University. Scott, you want to go ahead and check in with that? Yeah, we'll, we'll check in. All right, Jim Rats are checked in. Twin Penguins talk it out. Hey, I, I feel confident that we got the first half. I think it's Gabby Douglas. I mean, 25 and 25, you would think that'd be football. I know you said Doug Peterson, but I, I don't know. Did he coach in college? I have no idea. What about Doug Williams, the old Redskins quarterback? Huh. Did he ever coach? I don't know. He could be coaching now for all I know. Should we just go with uh, Gabby Douglas Williams? Let's go Gabby and, Douglas and, Williams. And lose, and lose our 75 points and oh, move on? <laughs> That's what we're going to check in with. All right, they're checking in with Gabby Douglas Williams. And Jim, Jim Rats, what do you got? Gabby Douglas Jumped into both of our heads pretty quickly. Actually, this name jumped in my head quickly, but then I thought, I don't know if he goes by Douglas, and I'm not sure if he coaches at Syracuse, but I think I remember that he did. Uh, we checked in with Gabby Douglas Marone. 
All right, so one team is getting points. The correct answer is Gabby Douglas Marone. Um, the reason I did put that Syracuse oh. stat on there is because he turned his 25 and 25 record at Syracuse into a head coaching job in the NFL. Several head coaching jobs in the NFL now. All right, so the question is, are you guys going to let it ride? We're going to throw in the towel. Would you guys like to hear the question? All right, longtime coach of the Denver Nuggets who won the first ever NHL Rookie of the Year. So is it George Carl something? That's correct. The correct answer for that one is George Carl Voss. All right, heading into the fourth quarter, we have an updated score of Twin Penguins with a solid 275. Jim Rats and Raptor Hats with 560. All right, brings us to the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So the categories we have for today are No Lid Required, Oh Happy Day, Stiff Arm, 2000 NBA Draft, and Cool Runnings. So send me those wagers, and we'll get this going. Okay, the wagers are in. Now on to the questions. Question one, no lid required. When the NHL started requiring players to wear headgear in 1979-1980 season, the rule allowed anyone who started playing before then to continue using their skull as a helmet if they so desired. Who was the last helmetless player in the NHL? Yeah, we'll go ahead and check in. All right, gym rats are checked in. Twin penguins, talk it out. It was definitely before time that I cared about the NHL. Gordie Howe. He did play in a whole lot of decades. I'd be fine if we wanted to go with Gordie Howe. I have no other idea, none whatsoever. Sure. Gordie Howe works for me, too. All right, so we'll check in with Gordie Howe. And how many points did you wager? We wagered 75. All right, and Jim Rats, what's your answer, and how many points did you wager? Uh, I actually thought about using this for questions. So that's why I knew this pretty quickly. And I don't know why. I don't even know what teams he played for. But uh, we checked in for 25 points with Craig McTavish. One team getting points. The correct answer is Craig McTavish. Played his final game in 1997. Okay, on to question two. Oh, happy day. July 1st to most of us is just a regular day each year. But until the year 2035, to the New York Mets fans, it's commonly referred to as what? We can check. Jim Rats are checked in. I believe it's Bobby Bonilla Day. I was going to say, it's got to be Bobby Bonilla Day where he's collecting the $1 million every year for, well, obviously till 2035. He, he was my favorite player when I was a kid. And um, my best friend's a uh, Met fan. So every July 1st, I always text him, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. We'll go ahead and check that in. And how many points? Uh, 75. Okay, Jim Rats, your answer, and how many points did you wager? Uh, we wagered 50, and we also went with Bobby Bonilla Day. That is correct. The answer is Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, released in the year 2000, um, he was owed $5.9 million by the Mets, but I don't know who decided to pay him $1.19 million for the next however many years. Um, at the end of this, it all ends up being about paying him, I think it's about 29, a shade under $30 million instead of that $5.9 million that he was owed. Uh, so, you know, the Mets are on top of it. Question three, 
stiff arm. 2018, week three saw the Steelers face off against the Buccaneers. A first quarter pass to a tight end led to a stiff arm heard around the world, resulting in a 75-yard touchdown. Who was the tight end that caught the pass? And who was the defender that was planted by this monster stiff arm? Even if we have the tight end, it's a moot point. Right. Do you have any idea of any Buccaneers defenders? My guess would be, oh no. (laughs) I couldn't tell you anybody's name on the defensive side. I'm never going to come up with it. For a Tampa defender, I got nothing. And I'm I'm gonna get killed because all my friends and family who are listening to this are going to just call me a fraud. Well, do you think we have the tight end? I, I think so. So, Mike, I want you to be a hundred percent sure because I don't want you to pick the wrong tight end. At least get the right tight no, end. I, I know I'm a hundred percent sure on the tight end. I really am. I, that's exactly who it is. I can just pick a last name. I'm trying to think of common last names for you know. Yeah, I was trying to think of that too. Like. Williams or Williams is a great name. It's actually my last name. <laughs> oh, well, it is yours. Well, then you know what? Maybe we should go with that. Maybe we'll be lucky. <laughs> Hold up, though. Every time we go with Williams, I think we've been wrong. <laughs> I have a feeling this is not going to go our way. Should we just check in? Yeah, we'll check in with that. Twin Penguins are checked in. Uh, Jim Rats talking out. So they oh. might be right with that. Go, I'm just going with that last name. Uh, Mason and I have a list of Tampa Bay Buccaneers defenders. We know the tight end is Vance McDonald, 100%. Um, so, again, the names we have are Vernon Hargraves, the cornerback. Carlton Davis played corner. Uh, MJ Stewart was a hybrid defensive back. Jordan White, White safety. And then linebackers are Levante David. Was Quan Alexander still there? I'm kind of iffy on that. He was, but I think he broke his leg early that season, and I don't know if he got stiff-armed either. I'm inclined, like I said – Jordan Whitehead really sucked, so I could see him totally getting stiff-armed like that. But Hargraves was really bad. He ended up getting cut last yeah. year by them. I mean, he couldn't cover anyone. Maybe that was part of the reason they cut him. I, I watch the Bucks all the time, so I, that's why I'm glad we got all the names out there. But I don't remember seeing – I can't remember the player. I see the play. but right. just, They have a couple other safeties, but like I said, they started a rookie and like a second-year guy this past season. So neither one of them would have even been right. on the team. I, I like Whitehead. If that kind of stuck out to you, I know yeah. he was the team he wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, it's a safety. It fits. You would think a tight end and a safety would make mm-hmm. sense in that for that kind of play. Yeah. So yeah, we can. I'm good with Whitehead if you want to check. In All right. Time. Yeah. So we'll check in with Vance McDonald and Jordan Whitehead. All right, and Twin Penguins. What do you got? I think I'm going through a tunnel. Um. Um. It's maybe not going to be a great day for Mike, <laughs> buddies. We uh, we checked in, and I'll take the blame. Blame it on me. So I'm the one who chose this, not Mike. Mike did not choose this. But we're Here, going with me, Josh. we're going with Jesse James and then Williams for the defender. So that's what we're checking in with. Both teams checked in, and both teams with a wrong answer. Um, however, the tight end was Vance McDonald. It wasn't a long pass. It was maybe 10 or 15 yards, but he turned up field and laid out Chris Conti, who has not played in the NFL game since that game. What did you guys bet on that one? I was going to ask you the same thing. We wagered 75. We wagered 50. Okay, on to 2000 NBA draft. 
This draft was not the best. There are only two players chosen in the first round of the 2000 NBA draft to make an all-star team. Name one of the two players. Well, Mike, should we check in with the one I sent you? Yeah, that sounds, that feels right. But sort of Jesse James, so what do I know? <laughs> all right, uh, I will check in. Twin Penguins are checked in. Jim Rantz, talk it out. So, Mason, they did like the NBA redrafts on Bleacher Report a few months ago where they redrafted all the years. I'm almost positive Kenny Martin never made an all-star team. He's a good role player, a really solid player, like a number three or four option, but never. I don't believe he ever made an all-star team. Okay. I just knew he was the first pick. Like an obvious answer, so maybe it's not that. It's a really bad draft. Mike Miller never made an all-star team. I believe he was in that draft and he won Rookie of the Year. That might be 01, but I think that's 2000. Anyways, Tony Parker, maybe? I think he might have been 2001. I don't think he was 2000. I had a name in my head. I know he didn't make an all-star game because he was a big bust because he's from LSU, Swift. And I know he was like... Uh, wasn't he 2001 for the, in the, for the Grizzlies? I think it was 2000, but I might be wrong. Either I, way, he didn't make an all-star team. Yeah, so. but, I did, but I knew it was a name that was around that time. Was, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's 01, though. Him and like Tyson Chandler and Kwame. It was like all... Yeah, the, it's somewhere in that ballpark. I just remember that name for sure because I watched highlights of him. But. Uh, all right, so 2000... I'm trying to think of guys that were, you know, made all-star teams a few years, you know, after that. Like Jamal McGlore made an all-star team. I don't know what year he was drafted, though. I don't know that name. He's a center out of Kentucky. It's around that time. It's plausible. I don't, I don't recognize the name, but. I'm trying to think of teams that had, you know, that were picking a lot back then. The Bulls were always drafting. Uh, Ron Artest. He took that. I think he's 99. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's a little bit early in 2000. Yeah, I think he's 99. Well, no, yeah. He might be 2000, though, because Elton Brand went, was 99 to the Bulls. Right. And I know Tess was drafted by the Bulls, and it could have definitely could have been the year after. The Nuggets. That would have been Ken, well, Kenyon Martin, right? Or was he not drafted? Well, no, he, he was drafted by the Nets. I just remember him playing for the Nuggets. That's why I yeah. like that. Name some teams, and we can figure out who they picked. Uh, Pacers. No, I think – no, the, the year after, I think they took – or two years later, they took, like, Jonathan Bender. He was a huge bust. 2000, they might have taken, like – Austin Crozier might have been their pick. He didn't make an all-star team. I've never heard the name, so I would assume he's not an all-star. Yeah, he might have been a little early. Oh, Jamal Tinsley, maybe. That could have been 2001, though. But he did make an all-star team. So the players we mentioned that we made all-star teams, you said Jamal McGlure and Jamal Tinsley. Jamal McGlure definitely made an all-star team. And I'm surprised you don't know that because he played for the New Orleans Hornets. Well, I mean, I just it was probably before I started watching them. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about, you know, guys from around that time who, like, because it's not going to be a perennial all-star, most likely. It's like, like a one or two timer at the most. That's what I'm, right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I know McGlore kind of snuck in and made one. Jamal, I, mean, I think, snuck in and made an all-star team. Very well, could have been 2000 draft. Yeah. I just, I don't have, I can't place that name anywhere as far as time period. So, do you want to go Jamal McGlore? Fine with it. If you know he made an all-star and he's in the right time frame, he's uh, sure. definitely in the time frame and definitely made an all-star team. He could be 2001, but it's right around the time. I'm fine with that. Sure, we're going to check in with Jamal McGlure. And how many points? 50. And Twin Penguins, how many points did you wager and what's your answer? We wagered 49 points. The only name that I could even think of was the number one overall pick, Kenyon Martin. I thought, I know a lot of his career he was more of a role player, but I thought he had a year or two where he was actually pretty good. So we're checking in with Kenyon Martin. Okay. And both teams getting points. You name both the players. It's Kenyon Martin and Jamal McGlure. 
probably if you would have redrafted that draft, um, Michael Red would have went in the top three, if not one overall. Um, other big players were, uh, which I'm surprised after re- reading it was uh, Morris Peterson never made an all-star team. Um, he do Turkaloo never made an all-star team probably should have, but never did. Uh, but the, the name of the draft favorite name in that draft was uh speedy Claxton prior to Hofstra. So Eric, I thought, uh, so Kenny Martin went one and his teammate college teammate, DeMar Johnson went eighth overall to the Hawks. I thought you were going to ask what school had two guys in the top 10. It would have been Cincinnati. That's why I thought you were going with that. And I was going to ask who was number two. Dormile Swift. It was Swift. <laughs> hey. And our final question. Cool running. Four-man bobsledding has been featured since the first Winter Games in 1924. Didn't appear in the 1960 Games. Um, apparently, they didn't want to build a track. They were saving money that year. Two-man bobsled was introduced at the 1932 Olympics. What country has the most combined medals in all bobsled events? For the purpose of this question, Germany, West Germany, and East Germany are all considered different countries. We'll check in. Twin penguins are checked in. Jim Rats, talk it out. It's most likely a European team, probably a Nordic yeah. country. It's probably the only other option. I don't think they won much. So Norway, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, Italy, France. I mean, I can name all the European countries. I don't have anything. There's not one you feel stronger about? Maybe Switzerland? I, I, I'm just trying to think. Maybe it's one of the Germany teams because, I mean, they made that distinction. Maybe it is. Logically, I don't think it would be, based on time frame, East or West Germany. It could be some really small country like Luxembourg or something that's been right. racking up medals in bobsled and we just don't know about it. But yeah. whatever you want, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. Let's uh let's go with Luxembourg and check in with that. All right, checking in with Luxembourg and for how many points? Solid zero. All right, and twin penguins. What'd you wager and what's your answer? Uh we also bid a whopping zero. And so we didn't spend a whole lot of time because we had no points riding on it. But even with your caveat, I know that Germany is just dominant at bobsled. We checked in with Germany. Okay. Neither team getting any points on that question. The small hint I gave was the the name of the category. Cool Runnings. And if you're familiar with the movie, who was the dominant team that they were trying to be like? Switzerland. Switzerland has 31 combined bobsledding medals. So the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Twin Penguins finishes with 249 points, and our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Jason Garrett Award with a score of 635 points, Jim Raps and Raptor Hats. Congratulations, gentlemen. Scott, you got your must-needed win after... A little bit of a losing streak there. I think the last time I won one of these games was before coronavirus. We hadn't even started this yet. So, Mike, thanks for coming on. I know uh, you had a little bit of uh, technical problems there halfway through, but you stuck it out with us. Hey, thanks for bearing with me. Sorry about it. Not a problem. Anything you want to say before we call it a day? Yeah, you want to check out Wrestling With Life. It's a podcast with me and my two idiot friends. Uh, we talk about life and we talk about wrestling. To all my friends back in Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. All right, Josh, and how did you feel about today's game? Well, I always feel bad for anybody who gets stuck with me as a teammate, but uh, but that's all right. As long as Mike had a good time, that's all that matters. Hey, man, I had fun. It was a good time. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. 
deep stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. Your sports team is vastly inferior. The simple fact of plain and obvious to see. We're going to kick your collective posterior. Of course, you realize we're speaking figuratively.